welcome to the next shack episode three. This episode we'll be talking about House of X number two, written by John the Dickman, featured art by Fabularis, and colors by Marty Garcia. so much for joining me again um here we are yet again at the x shack uh come on in take a seat and listen to me talk about some x-men um we've been following the whole house of x powers of x um well i'm sorry powers of 10 um for the last couple weeks and um yesterday yes i'm recording this on a thursday uh yesterday uh house of x number two came out and um i previously said that i was pretty sure we were going to get answers around issue four of both house and powers and i stand slightly corrected um we started getting answers in this issue um we find out what exactly was going on with that scene in um uh, powers with Moira mctaggart and professor x and wow um had to pause there for a minute because this is a lot to take in um, I am a huge X-Men fan, as you may guess, you know, um, this is the X-Shack, I talk X-Books, and um, I've been talking X-Men um, for a few years now, you know, um, on uh, different podcasts, I've talked about X-Men, and um, I've been an X-Men fan since about the age of 11 or 12, so, you know, there's a lot of characters that I've, I've um, grown to love and grown to like, and Norman Taggart was one of them, and this issue just took Moira in a completely different direction. Um, so we find out um, that Moira is actually a mutant, and her mutant ability is reincarnation. And we're given the story of Moira's first life, where she just kind of has a normal life. You know, she grows up, doesn't really go anywhere, has a family, has grandkids. They come and visit her. You know, she has a nice little normal life, nothing too crazy. Um, and then she dies, and then um, she is reincarnated. And when she's reincarnated, she actually can remember her entire previous life um, while she's still in the womb. Um, so uh, thus begins the journey of Moira Mctaggart, trying to um, not really let on that she has all this knowledge from her previous life. And, um, you know, semi-succeeding. Um, and then we find that uh, she realizes something is wrong. Um, Yes, she, she dies again, and yet again the cycle continues, but this time she's more driven towards um, the sciences, and uh, she finds out about Charles Xavier, and after dying again, um, she comes back, and she's driven even more to uh, meet this man. Um, somewhere along the line, she runs amok, and she um, finds, or she gets the idea that um, being a mutant is a curse. And since she uh, has gone into the field of geneticists, she wants to try to find a cure for this curse, which she does. And that draws the attention of the Brotherhood, um, specifically um, Mystique, Pyro, and um, I'm drawing a blank right now. I don't know why I'm drawing a blank on her name. Uh, Destiny. That's right, Destiny. Sorry about that. When you hold a lot of X-Men knowledge, sometimes it takes a sec to kind of 
you know, find the files in your head and, and uh, pull them out. Uh, but, you know, Destiny um, obviously has the ability to see the future, uh, see people's future, and she notices that Moira is an anomaly. She realizes that she must be a mutant, and that obviously her ability is some form of reincarnation, but she can actually see that uh, Moira has a limited amount of lives. And um, I believe she tells her that she has 10, um, possibly 11, if she plays her cards right. And she lets her know that, you know, if she is killed before um, she reaches adolescence and her powers kick in, then she will not reincarnate. And uh, she lets her know that with her ability, with Destiny's ability, she'll be able to tell when she meets Moira what happened before. And so she's warning her that, you know, when you come back, don't go down this route again because you end up dying again. We'll end up killing you. More than likely, we'll end up taking you out before your powers kick in, so you'll be dead permanently. And uh, so next time that Mori comes back, she is driven yet again to um, get in contact with Professor X. You know, they meet, they date, um, and she's there for the formation of the X-Men. You know, she's there for the good times and the bad times. And then she's, um, you know, there when Professor X dies. So this Moira and th that life would be the one that we're normally used to, I'm assuming, because they go through the different um, decades of the X-Men. And we go from the original team all the way up to um, the um, death of Professor X. Um, and it seems that the Sentinels end up killing him in that timeline. And so once again, she's reincarnated. And this time she tries to meet him a little bit sooner guide him he makes a mutant utopia the humans and the sentinels they destroy the um the utopia and then next time she comes back she decides that she's going to be a killer and she's going to take out all of the uh, the trask family so that none of them can invent the sentinels but what she finds out is that uh, the sentinels are something that can't really be stopped if it's not going to be the trash then it's going to be somebody else um there's another life where she decides to team up with magneto and um magneto decides that he needs to just wipe out all of humanity. Um, she tells him the different futures that she's seen and the fact that another war will be coming. It'll be similar to what he went through as a child and this throws him over the edge. And Magneto is stopped by um, the combined forces of most of the Marvel superheroes being you know, X-Men and Avengers um, and Spider-Man. Uh, after that death, she decides to um, join Apocalypse. And it appears she becomes either his queen or possibly his one of his horsemen. I'm assuming she becomes a horseman. Um, but she's even decked out in the whole her own version of the apocalypse armor. Um, and of course, that doesn't quite go right either. And um, the next time, which is the time that we're at now, um, she decides to meet Professor X and tell him or allow him to see exactly what she's been through. Uh, so that leads us back to the scene from the previous issue of um, Powers of Ten, where she meets a young Professor X. He feels like he's, she says his name and he thinks that they may know each other. So she tells him to read his mind, read her mind. And when he does, he sees all of this. Um, so that kind of brings us to where we're at now. Um, now, one of the cool things, interesting things about this is that um, this issue is actually filled with the timelines of Moira Metagard. So um, when we're given the story about her reincarnating and we're shown all of the different um, or briefly told about all the different times she reincarnated, 
this issue actually figures um, features a timeline and um, it goes from a uh, year one all the way to well I'm sorry not year one life one all the way to life 10 and um, it even breaks down when key events happen so some of the events that we um, kind of saw through reading the story are there um, there's a few other things that kind of expand on it so for instance when she um, teamed up with Apocalypse, it turns out that she woke Apocalypse. She actually woke Apocalypse a little bit earlier than what he was supposed to have woken up before. Um, and it just, it goes through that. And we see that her longest life, with exception of the one that she's living now, um, was actually her first life. So it looks like her first life, she lived to be about 74. Um, and then it's sporadic from there. Now, of course, the current timeline that we're in, we're not really sure. Um, she's 52 right now in this timeline. Um, and and that, would, um, that puts her at 52 when um, the House of X starts. Um, so, not, so as of right now, she's 52. We need to see what exactly um, her memory is gonna do to Professor X. Like, How is that gonna spark him into taking the action that we see and issue number one of House of X. Um, how different is that going to make his whole um, rhetoric of mutant human peace? We see that essentially he's saying, you know, give us um, the island, let us be a nation, and we'll give you something in return. We'll give you the flowers from Krakoa. Uh, but it seems that this may explain things a little bit more. So in the first issue of House of X, we see that we're dealing with a more militant Professor X. Like he's, he's more um, hardcore than what we're used to seeing with Professor X. And this issue makes it seem like by reading her mind, he has kind of combined the ideas um, of a few different timelines to come up with something new or something different. Um, we second the hard line almost of Magneto where, you know, he realizes like, we need to be represented. We need to, we are a little bit above humans, um, but we can still live in peace. And that kind of seems like what he's doing. He's kind of combining the different ideologies um, of these different timelines that Moira has shown him. So what I'm interested to see is I'm interested to see exactly what the next conversation is. I want to see what, what the next scene is after he reads her mind and realizes everything she's been through, everything that she's seen, everything she's lived through, everything she's witnessed. Because by reading her mind, he has witnessed, you know, a form of his dream come true and fail. He's witnessed, you know, the, the struggle that he's had or he will have or could have um, building the X-Men, trying to get recognized, um, trying to, to have peace happen between humans and mutants and failing. He's witnessed the crazy atrocities of both Magneto and Apocalypse and how those fail. So I'm seeing that um, what he's doing is possibly combining efforts. He's taking a little bit from here, a little bit from there, putting it together and putting his own little kind of twist or mix on it, which would explain a little bit more possibly um, about some of the scenes we saw in the beginning of uh, House of X. Um, from the original X-Men coming out of the pods. You know, it, it, I wish I had the issue in front of me because um, we didn't necessarily see the whole team come out of the pods, um, but it, it seems like maybe he has 
dubbed them his horsemen. Um, and that maybe he has done something, you know, a la Apocalypse and, you know, maybe um, tweak their abilities, tweak their powers a little bit, maybe tweak the way they think or, um, you know, make them the best them that they can be. Uh, you know, survival of the fittest is Apocalypse's idea and he's not against genetically uh, tampering or, or doing anything to any of his horsemen to make them the perfect version that he needs. Maybe that's what Professor X has done with the original team. Maybe that might explain why they came out the pods. Um, we also see that he's, the way he's been speaking, his whole demeanor, the fact that he's able to convince Magneto to work with him, that he's, that's what he's taken from, from Magneto. You know, it's either our way or no way. And, of course, Magneto was with that. So that explains it. Um, Moira seems to be the linchpin of what's going on right now with House and Powers. She seems to be the reason that we've gotten this more hardlined Professor X and the reason that we've got this, this weird unity going on with some of these mutants. Um, and the fact that she's seen so much and he has now seen what she saw means that he is looking at things totally different now. So I am definitely curious to see where this is going to go even more so than before. Um, while this is, he has some answers, you know, as I said, there's answers in this issue. There, there are some, but it still raises more questions. Um, I'm not really sure where we're going to go from here. Um, I know that they said that she has 11 lives at best. This is life 11. Um, so what's going to happen to Moira? Um, is, is by the end of this, is there going to be no more and more of Mattaggart? Um, is she going to be a character that we're probably never see again you know will she make this out will she make it out alive um is this the right way for her to go what does this mean for the mutants because from powers we've seen what we assume is the future of everything that's happening here we, we're assuming that that moment that he read her mind he became the more militant um, professor x and that eventually his actions in house are going to lead to what's happening in powers all the way a hundred years, a thousand years into the future. The whole um, human mutant robot war going on, uh, the, the whole thing with Nimrod, the genetic engineering with Mr. Sinister, all of this seems to stem possibly from this one moment. And I'm, I'm wondering if this is our big moment for the X-Men. Is this the moment that's supposed to change everything? for the X-Men because this is a very huge moment and this means a lot considering what we've been reading. Um, so I'm excited. I'm still enjoying this. I'm definitely still in for the ride. It, this just makes me even more excited to see what's going to happen going from here. Um, the future X-Books that are coming out, how does this tie into those? How will this affect everything? You know, are, are friends, will friends still be friends when this is over? Or will enemies become friends? Like, what does this mean? Because we're seeing a whole new level of unity with the mutant population when it comes to what, we, what we've been seeing in-house. So I'm really curious to see where that goes from here. Um, I want to thank everybody for listening. Um, if you're listening here on YouTube, go ahead and share, subscribe, like. Make sure you comment at the bottom. I do read the comments, and we'll try to respond. Um, I hope you've been enjoying the X-Shack so far. I've been enjoying doing this again. Um, but until next time, I guess I will see everybody later. Mm -hmm.